Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. I am Dr. Jimmy Christman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week, I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. Well, I am happy to welcome to the podcast for this episode, Jake Noble. He is a junior theater education major at Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana. So welcome to the podcast, Jacob. I know you are a a listener for quite some time, and um, we've finally been able to connect and and have a conversation today. So welcome. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about you and kind of your journey to where we are in your your theater education journey. Yeah. Hello, everyone. My name is... I'm Jake uh, Noble. Like you said, I'm a junior theater education major at Ball State University in the lovely Muncie, Indiana. Um, so, I mean, back in high school, I, you know, really thought, you know, I had that moment of, I want to be a performer. Um, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, you know, because I didn't really think there was anything else out there to do with theater. I thought, you know, you had to go into performing or you were behind the scenes doing stuff. And so I went around and I auditioned for some schools, you know, did the, did the thing. And um, during that time, I was also directing a one act at my high school. And um, my cast that I had then was, you know, very inexperienced people that hadn't really had a chance to be on the stage just yet. And I remember going to the opening night after I just got back from an audition. And um, one of the girls she it just like it clicked in my head just watching her growth um throughout the process because when we started she you know she was scared to stand up and introduce herself to the rest of the cast and by opening night she was having you know a mental breakdown on the stage you know confessing you know how tired she was of being in this courtroom full of uh these two people that were just you know talking insanity and just like that was the moment for me where i was like maybe i maybe I want to be a teacher. Maybe this is what I was meant to do. And I was like seeing that growth from the beginning to the end really just, you know, sparked my interest there. So I sat down with my director and talked to her about her experience. And then she let me know that Ball State had a theater education program. And, you know, I'm from the Indianapolis area and I was like, that's pretty close to home. So I gave it a look and started looking into it and looking at the faculty we had here and, um, that's how I wound up where I am now. Well, that's fantastic. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, your high school teacher, your high school theater teacher, and um, I guess the, the 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 influence and the guidance that 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 teacher had for you. Yeah. So what's funny is that me and my high school director we still text all the time. Um, we're we're pretty close still. And in fact, I was just in her classroom a couple weeks ago observing. Um, my mentor uh, being their student teaching. So I got to reconnect with her a little bit. Um, But my director went to Indiana University um, and majored in theater education there when that was more of a program. I don't think it's really a program anymore there. But, um, you know, all throughout my experience, I didn't get into theater until sophomore year of high school. Um, I was a speech kid before I was a theater kid. um, And my speech coach was like, hey, you should think about auditioning for this advanced theater class. It will help you out for the speech team. And I was like, cool. Okay, yeah, I'll give it a try. It'll help me with speech. And then I auditioned for the class. And I did my first musical and I caught the bug. And I ended up, you know, later that year, uh, stopping speech and transitioning into theater because it was taking up more of my time. And it was something that was, you know, pulling me in more. 
And through that, my director just kind of, because I went through a, a wild experience throughout high school of transitioning and like, you know, becoming who I was meant to be. And, you know, she was really one of the first people that, you know, taught me that it's, it's okay to be, you know, quote unquote different. And she was the one that allowed me and created the space for me to be able to express me um, unapologetically. And just having that open door with her and, you know, being so close to her, um, I could go to her for anything. And, you know, that was another one of those factors of sitting down with her um, and talking about, you know, I think this is what I meant to do. You know, as soon as I said that to her, her face lit up and she was talking to me and she was like, this is what I've always thought that you should do, but I didn't want to, you know, sway you from going where you were wanting to go with this, you know, dream of being an actor that we all have. And, um, and from there I started, uh, kind of co-teaching with her in a sense. I was more of like her TA for her like drama one classes, um, because, you know, senior year, I didn't have very many classes and, you know, I remember one day she was supposed to have a sub and um, the sub never showed up and they sent down the, the principal and I was texting her and I was like, Hey, the sub's not here, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, well, you know what we're doing. Just go ahead and teach what I was going to teach them. And, you know, that was my first ever really, you know, experience being the teacher teacher. And, you know, that was just one of those moments too, that I was like, wow, she really trusts me to do this. And, you know, I had fun. The kids respected me, you know, as the teacher that day. And it was just another solidifying moment with her that was like, she sees it in me and now I'm seeing it within myself. So was that moment like a mix of absolutely thrilled to be able to do that and absolutely terrified in the same moment? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, you know, cause you know, here I am, you know, senior year and I'm like, you have full control over these freshmen um, in this class. Then I'm, you know, I'm three years older than them. Um, how do I know if they're going to actually buy into what I'm doing that day? And we were doing like, I'm pretty sure it was like simple stage combat, you know, just a stage slap. And um, they loved it. They bought into it. And um, it was just cool to see that dynamic begin to shift from that, like, you know, being that student one second and then immediately being in that teacher role the next. That's that's really that's awesome. Um, and that's really cool that your teacher was able to give you that that to trust you uh, to 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 take that space and, and do that. But then I, I love how you shared just a moment ago about um, that, that, that she gave you this space to, to be unapologetically who you are. And I, 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 I looked at your website cause you know, I, you sent me all kinds of really great information. And I, that, that was like one of the, the, the key tenets of your philosophy of, of, of education. And I think that is beautiful. And I think that we as theater teachers have this really unique and awesome responsibility and privilege to be able to do that in our classes for our kids. Um, what experiences have you had so far that you've been able to do that for, for someone else? Yeah. So, um, what was, I think it was summer 2019. Um, I had an internship at, uh, the Indianapolis repertory theater, um, in downtown Indianapolis. And I was a camp counselor for, uh, for two weeks. It was like, seven-year-olds all the way up to 14-year-olds and then for another two weeks it was the seven-year-olds to like 10-year-olds um and you know creating that space with kids that young you know they at that point they're unapologetically themselves in a sense because they haven't let the world you know touch them just yet with ideas of who they should be um but you could really see it with those middle school kids that were like afraid to step out and you know, I had no idea that I was uh, doing this for one of the kids, but, you know, towards the end of it, um, 
one boy, he came up to me and like, it was during our little lunch period where we were listening to music and stuff. And he was like, he just told me, thank you. And I was like, what what are you, what are you talking about? And he was, you know, going through some stuff at home, going through some stuff at school, you know, coming into the summer where, you know, people were teasing him, people were making fun of him. And he said it was, it was really nice to see someone who was just like him and who gave him, you know, this opportunity to just, you know, maybe, maybe I'm going to play a girl in this uh, improv moment and not be afraid of it. And, you know, really play into who I am and just that simple thank you of like, and it like registered in my head of like, you know, I, I am making a difference with, you know, these kids. And it just really hit me hard because I was like, I'm doing what my teacher did for me. And that's something that I always wanted to strive to do. Um, and then this past semester, actually, I was directing, I was co-directing with two other fantastic directors at one of the local high schools here. And we were doing a virtual style show. And we have one of our people, um, it was our Mowgli, actually, because we did Jungle Book. Um, and you know, they're a part of the Indiana Academy and the Indiana Academy is like, you know, a prep school for college essentially. And they are taking a lot of rigorous classes with our college here at Ball State. And there's just so much on their plate, um, that they're constantly having to do and, you know, so much stress that's put upon them. And, um, every day, you know, it seemed like after rehearsal on zoom, when we had our zoom rehearsals, you know, they would stick around and, um, they would just be like, I'm just really happy I got to come to rehearsal today because it's a really good spot just to debrief and I can forget about everything. And, you know, I think back to when I was in high school and that was like, you know, things that I would say to my director or things I would say to the uh, artists that I was working with. And just like hearing those like echoes of things that I always wanted as a student makes me just, you know, feel just so good inside because, you know, I'm able to bring that to those students. That's so cool. That's so cool. I remember when I was in high school, I was not a theater kid in high school. I was a, I was a band kid and I did the spring musicals. Um, and, but my, my theater, the theater teacher was, um, was kind of my go-to place, my little safe haven home, um, in the, in the school building. And like, we would bring our lunch in, like there was a group of like five of us, we'd bring our lunch in and just sit on the stage and just have lunch. Cause it was attached to her classroom. And, like I look back and then I look at my, my teaching career and I remember a point um, at my, my last school where my room, I, I kid you not, Jake, had probably 30, 35 kids during lunch in my room, just having lunch, hanging out, talking. And I'm like, that's really cool that I kind of that full circle moment of, of, of what that theater teacher did for kids. So I'm, I'm so happy you had that opportunity and, and you have such a great mentor and, and someone to look up to for that. I, I want to go back to um, what you said where, where she was, um, she didn't want to squash your dreams of becoming a performer, but she knew that you were meant to be a teacher. Um, cause I've had those moments with students and I've told them that. And in fact, probably a couple, a few episodes ago, Jonathan Hoskins and Jonathan Long were both kids at the same time that I had. One did go on to be a theater teacher and the other, no, I'm a performer. I'm not going to be a teacher. Well, he's a teacher now. Um, and <laughs> so I, and I get so many of my theater ed majors that come in that I, I had no idea that this major existed. I, I just thought theater teachers just happened. And I'm like, no, we get training. We do this. Why are, why are the theater teachers not telling their kids about this major that, and the work that they did to get to where they are? So um, I, 
I just think that's fascinating. She was like, I didn't want to squash your dreams, but I know you're supposed to do this. So um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to know what your reaction was to that or how you're going to um, use that information going forward with your own career. Yeah. So it was funny. So I auditioned for Ball State's program um, and I was in her room when I got the email um, that, you know, the acceptance email or denial email, and we were reading it together and um, I misread I misread the email at first and I thought it said that I had gotten in. And so we had, you know, this big party of like, you know, scream, scream fest of like, wow, so exciting, so exciting. And then I continue reading down and it was like, unfortunately, we don't have a spot for you. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and my director was like, you know, we both had that moment of like, what, <laughs> what do we do now? We're in a really awkward situation. And um, she let me sit in that for a little bit. Um, and you know, it was a, you know, I was like, mm, I'm sad, but like something inside, I was like, am I though? I don't know fully what I'm feeling in this moment still. And then, like I said, I went on, I had another audition and then everything happened. And, and I had that moment with her where I was like, I think I want to become a theater teacher. And I just remember her just like smile, this, like the big smile that she got on her face and she just like vigorously shook her head yes and she was like i've i've thought this too and you know i didn't want to say this because you were you know you were pursuing uh, this dream that you had and she was like but i didn't want to stop you from that and i was like no no that totally makes sense um and you know it was just a, it was a small interaction with it but like it meant so much you know to have someone you know we always love when people see something in us that we really don't yeah. at first and um so it was like one of those heartwarming moments for me where I was like, wow, this is this is really nice to have, you know, someone believe in something within you. And, you know, going forward, you know, I think it, I think it was good that she didn't like, you know, right away be like, hey, I don't think you're going to be a performer. And obviously, like we can still be performers as teachers. But um, I think going forward, it's like, you know, I like that she didn't stop me because, you know, I, I discovered that on my own without having, you know, someone to tell me that. And um you know, I'm a, I would become a better teacher from those auditions that I went to. Um, I got that experience to be able to give to my future students to talk about. Um, but I really will take forward with me this idea of not like, you know, crushing something before they've had a chance to try. Yeah. Because um, I think that's one of the best learning moments for students. So you, you've obviously had several of those moments that solidified you're doing the right thing. Um, and because you're, you're still with it, you're going to be student teaching next year. Um I'd love to know kind of what your what life as a theater ed major at Ball State has been like for you um, over these three years. Um, and I know the last year and a half has been very different than anyone ever planned. But but what what was that? What's it been like for you? Yeah. So um, one of like the key features of our program that we advertise when we hit the head on every time um, is we have the opportunity to work at three different locations here in Muncie. Um, one of those is a middle school, one is a K through 12 school, and one is through the community theater here. Um, the We have at the K through 12 and North side is our middle school. Um, we run the theater programs there. Um, they don't have, they ha one of them has a theater teacher, but it's like an elective that's taught every so many years, um, who's actually a former theater education major from Ball State. Um, but we run those programs there. And at the community theater, we run a certain section of their education program. And so 
um, your whole culminating experience with that side of our major is freshman year, you're a production assistant for one of those theater education shows. Sophomore year, you're a um, assistant director. And then your senior year or your junior year, um, you are one of the directors. And since our program has grown really fast in the past few years, you know, they used to have six people in a class and, you know, my class came in with close to 30 people. Wow. Um, we had to adapt. And uh, so now we co-direct shows with each other, which I think, you know, alleviates a, a lot of that stress of, you know, taking on a show for the first time by yourself. Um, and so like with me, I had two other co-directors working on the show with me, but um, it's like you get that chance to be a part of a team those three years and you get to watch yourself grow as you know the educator but you're also working with the same kids those three years because typically you stay at the same location from your freshman year and so you get to watch them grow and you get to build relationships with them so it's like a really good like in the field experience of like you know what it's going to be like running an after school program um so that's like one of the big things that we do here that um has been a really big part of the experience and um Last year, you know, going into COVID, uh, a lot of our shows got canceled, um, as we all know. And one of my mentors, she was directing um, Honk Jr. at our middle school location. And, um, you know, to this day, she talks about and tears up in her eyes, you know, having to give that news to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing just the wails and the cries of these kids that weren't able to put on the show. Because, you know, for a lot of our students, you know, this is their safety net. They don't want to go home. Um, and, you know, theater is the one thing that they have that, you know, keeps them, you know, with us and keeps them going. And so to watch that happen was like, you know, had a big impact on a lot of us in our major here, um, just having to cancel those. But, um, we got to redo the show this year, you know, Honk Jr. happened this fall and it went on, you know, successfully. And, um, so like, that's the, a big part of our major, um, and then academically, um, you know, we're very split. We have our teacher's college and we have our theater and dance department. And, you know, gradually as you go through our major, you kind of start more in the theater department. And then as you work forward, you kind of shift away more towards the teacher's college. Mm -hmm. And so um, like this year alone, I have more education classes than I do my theater classes. Um, But during COVID last year, you know, my, my professors tried as hard as they could um, to really keep things going. But at some points it was like, we're, we're kind of hitting nowhere and our professors understood that and we understood that. And so they completely scrapped what we were going to do and, you know, made it a moment for us to be able just to reflect on the world that we were living in. Um, which is really, really nice for us as the students. We, I mean, we talk about that sometimes about how it was just, you know, really nice not to have to stress about the schoolwork and, not have to really worry about these upcoming due dates and just like, you know, live in the world that we were living in at that time. Yeah. I, I think that's really awesome that your, your professors um, did that so early on. Um, I, it is no secret to my students that I, I think I, I did the best I could last spring. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think I failed them, but I also don't think I was the best support for them that I should have been. Um, and, and I learned a big lesson and it has completely altered kind of the way I look at what's important and what, you know, and teaching, um, and, and that social emotional part of, of what we do. Um, cause this year has been completely different for me. Um, and I've, I've, the things that I've changed 
to accommodate COVID and online learning, I think there are a lot of things that I'm going to keep going forward because I think it's just, it's just right. Mm-hmm. What, and I, and I also love that you, your program um, is, is really similar to, to ours at Illinois State in that you all have such rich experiences so early on um, in your, in your major. Um, and my, my students are floored every single time they get into their junior level classes and they're in those college of ed classes and they're finding they, their juniors and seniors in those classes with them who've never written a lesson plan, who have never taught a lesson in front of a group of kids. Um, and my kids are like, what, 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 <laughs> what is this madness? Um, so I, I hope you, I hope you appreciate how well prepared you are going to be because I can already hear it in just everything you're saying to me and, and the work that I've seen in, in your website and, and what you do. I just, I, I hope you appreciate that. Oh yeah. It's definitely, uh, you know, I never thought, you know, being, cause you know, you come in, you're 18 years old and you're a production assistant on a show with other 18 year olds that are in high school still. And, you know, I never thought, you know, that at that early you know freshman year fall semester I would be you know in this position where I'm already getting experience doing what I want to do and uh, we talk about all the time and it's so funny because you know we look at these kids as like our kids like our, our students and you know we always talk about like oh I just love my kids and I'm like you know I'm two years older than some of them but <laughs> being in that role like you just I appreciate that we get this like you know right away we're the teacher we're the director we're the educators in this uh instance and it's just something that um i didn't re- a lot of people don't realize how lucky we are to have mm-hmm. yeah i i think it's and i think it's important because i tell my freshmen on I, they're, i'm the first professor they have when they when they start at isu because i think i'm the only professor that teaches at 7 30 in the morning um so they're with me monday morning 7 30 bright and early and i tell them like I want you to have as many experiences this semester as you possibly can to either solidify this is where your heart is or to know that this is not where your heart is. And I am not upset if you realize that that's not where your heart is because this job is way too hard to to just push yourself through it for something that you're not passionate about. Um, so that I think that's fantastic. I just think it's so cool. Um, I I wish more programs did that for, for future teachers. So talk to me a little bit about... Um, you mentioned just a little bit ago about directing. Um, as it, was it Jungle Book uh, during yeah during COVID? What what was that like for you? Because I know so many teachers have done these online productions, and what was that like for you? Yeah, so coming into fall of this year, um, about a week before classes started, um, our advisor emailed you know us three directors, and he was like, "Hey." Um, we've solidified the rights and you all are going to be doing jungle book. And at this point we didn't have any idea if we were going to actually be able to do shows this year, um, whether or not we had the budget to do them because of all the money we lost last year. Um, and so week before classes start and a week and a half before our set audition dates, we got our show. Um, and so we had to hit the ground running right away and get all the planning done um, before auditions uh, a week and a half later and uh we were asked we were like do you want to do this in person and um in the summer we were told that if we had productions we wouldn't be able to you know we would have to wear the mask we would have to socially distant do blocking um we really couldn't have you know sets or anything because we wanted a limited amount of time being together and building stuff within a a closed in space um and us three our directors weren't really comfortable yet being 
around people just yet. We were still mm -hmm. coming off of this summer of being isolated. And so we initially, we initially set out to just do a full zoom production. And, um, that's how we, you know, broadcasted it to the kids, um, and let them know that it was going to be a digital production. Um, and as we started, we realized that some of the demands of the show were not going to work on zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we scrapped together, um, my mom's camera. Um, one of the other directors, uh, their significant other had a camera and I had a bunch of totes and we used the totes as stabilizers for the cameras. And we started, uh, filming some stuff in person, socially distant. Um, and we filmed it more in the style of a movie. Um, we were like, let's, you know, we're embracing this idea of this digital format. Let's fully embrace it and do something we've never done before. And, uh, we took the scenes, we, about three fourths of the show were on zoom and about a fourth of it was in person. And, um, so that limited the amount of days that we really had to be together. Um, mm -hmm. but the cool thing was, is the weather was nice enough that all of our in-person scenes could be filmed outside. Um, and we had clearance from the superintendent and the principal of the school that if students were at least seven feet apart and, you know, not facing in towards each other, they could have their masks off. Um, and so we, uh, the directors decided it was going to be eight feet instead. Um, and, you know, for the moments that really, you know, cause you know, the mask and filming, you know, it's hard to hear people. Um, so we used our tiny little budget and we bought a little microphone for the cameras and um, that's how we did our in-person scenes. And, you know, us directors, we met every day. Uh, if we had rehearsal at four, we were meeting at one o'clock and planning for three hours, exactly how we were going to execute filming that day. Um, because none of us had ever filmed the movie before or filmed style before. And so we would go to the school and, you know, play on the playground and set up the cameras um, exactly where we thought we needed them to be and plan that out before they got there. And so it was like more of this blended idea of, you know, digital theater. And then um, the kids got to work on, you know, acting for film. And we got to really embrace that and really embrace this, you know, Zoom environment that we were in. And, you know, um, in the show, one of the big parts of the show is they all meet in the jungle because this is the Edward Mass version. I don't know if you're familiar with that version. Mm -hmm. It's more of like a darker um, twist on Jungle Book. Um, it's like spelled Jungle Book, mm -hmm. um, but it's a little darker twist on the show. And one of the big like meeting points of the whole show, and you know that we see in the Disney film too, is the um, the watering hole. Um, that's like a big, you know point of the show where all the meetings take place all the action take place and you know the playwright's intent of the show was it was placed on a playground because this is like to deal with like you know bullying and you know those types of topics on the school ground with kids and you know the school that we were working at has a extravagant playground and so we were like that can be our watering hole um and that's where all these animals can meet up you know to talk with each other and where all this action takes place and so that's where we filmed most of our action scenes. And one of the other co-directors, you know, we were playing around with the camera one day and she was like, you know, when we have conversations with each other, the kids don't need to be looking at each other. As long as they're talking to the camera and all the action is happening to the camera, we can get a little closer with it and have it look like we're actually doing action. So when Sher Khan, you know, slaps um, Akila, we had, you know, one of the co-directors with the camera getting, you know, a little closer to her zoomed in and all Sher Khan was doing was using her body to be able to like 
push and makes it look like it's a first person push um, to the character. And so a lot of our action was first person based from the camera. And we had to like, you know, play around with some effects of like when Akila dies in the show, um, you know, we took two pieces of paper over the lens to make it look like the eyes were slowly closing and, you know, Akila was dying off. And so like we had to get creative with it and none of us had ever filmed a you know movie before, but we just had to keep going through it. And every day we had to come up with something new and, you know, think on the spot of how we could do something. And it was just, it took so much planning, but in the end we did a digital screening of it and we did one night on zoom. And then we did one night at the school in the auditorium, we screened it, you know, like a, a movie and, you know, people got to come in and sit down and watch a movie of jungle book. That's really cool. That's really cool. I just think that's also a really fantastic testament to what we what we are able to do when we need to, to to continue to make art and continue to teach and continue to give kids opportunities. So that's really cool. That's really cool. Um what's something you're looking forward to? I mean we hear so much talk about like, oh, this last year's been awful, but what what are you looking forward to? I'm actually, you know, I'm super excited to student teach, you know, the more I think about it, I'm just like, I'm so hungry to like, be in that spot of like, you know, uh, the culmination of everything I've learned, like, I want to be in that spot of student teaching and, you know, really, you know, test myself and push myself to, you know, be the best teacher I can be. Um, so and like, you know, a lot of people fear um, going into student teaching. So, you know, we ha- we all have those doubts of like, do I really know enough? Am I really going to be a good teacher? (laughs) Do I know anything about theater? I don't know. Uh, Let's see. Um, But I'm, I'm just super excited just to tackle it. And, you know, it's been such a long time since I've been in the, you know, the academic setting within the classroom. And I'm super excited to, you know, be on that side of it. And just along, I'm just ready, you know, post-grad I'm excited for life post-grad. You know, I'm I'm looking at grad schools. I'm looking at, you know, I want to, move to the East coast and teach on the East coast somewhere, go to grad school, move to the East coast. I don't know yet. Um, but just that, you know, I, I'm looking forward to where life wants me to go. And if that's to grad school, if that's to the East coast, maybe I'll go West coast. Who knows? I'm just excited, you know, to finally be out doing the thing. Yeah. Well, have you, with your experiences so far, um, working with kids, have you, have you kind of figured out where where the sweet spot is? Which age group you're you you kind of identify best with? It's so it's funny that you asked that because I came in you know freshman year and I was like I never want to work with middle schoolers. <laughs> I I could never see myself working with middle school age kids. And I was like high school's where it's at. That's where I want to be. And you know with the shows I work at um, the high school, the K through twelve school I work at, um, you know I directed my show at. Um, it was mainly high schoolers for most of the time. And so I was like, yeah, high school is where I want to be. And then I did my internship um, with the Indianapolis Repertory Theater. And I worked with middle school kids the whole time. And reflecting on it, I was like, one of my biggest passions is, you know, introducing people to this amazing world of theater. And that's like one of my favorite things to do is to, you know, introduce them to something they don't know about theater and what's better than middle schoolers who are coming in you know mostly blank and instilling all of this stuff and giving them that theater bug and so you know now i'm like i could see myself really doing middle school but of course i would be i'll be licensed in indiana after um here in uh grades five through twelve 
And so I would be happy with any of them. But it's funny that you asked that because I never would have thought of being a middle school <laughs> teacher until I had an experience working with middle schoolers. That's cool. That's awesome. And I've shared on the podcast many times, it takes really special people for the for that age group. And if you've got it and there's a passion for it, those kids need those people. So I, I wish you all the best with that. Um, what is something that surprised you um, in your, your theater ed journey so far? Um, you left high school, excited to be a theater teacher. You're studying it. What, what's something that surprised you the most of like you didn't know that theater teachers did or had to do or, or demands of the job, anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, no one understands how hard theater teachers work. Um, no one fully understands it. You know, as a high schooler, I was like, yeah, I, I understand that you put in a lot of work at more than most teachers, but I did not understand how much more. Um, and there's, you know, your whole day could be spent planning one simple lesson that you want, you know, to be perfect for the kids that you're going to be doing. Or like I said, when we were directing our show, we planned for hours uh, each day. And um, I, I knew how much work it was going into it. And that's like, you know, what I tell everyone, if you're not ready for how much work this is, this may not be the place for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, theater teachers are extraordinary. You know, they put their life into this and, um, you just, I just didn't fully realize how much time that my director invested or other directors invested into making sure that we as the students had, you know, this experience of a lifetime. And um, that was just something that really, you know, has shown over the past few years is you have to work hard and you have to want it and you have to want to be here to really make a difference and be able to do what you want to do. Yeah. I'd love to have a follow-up conversation with you when you, when you get your classroom and you're kind of wrapping up your first year and I'd love to hear what you wish you had known going into it. Um, so well, we need to stay in touch so I can follow up with you on that. Um, what is, uh, what, what's one of your favorite, uh, stories from, or experiences so far? Um, I know you've just got the three years under your belt, but, but like, what are, what are some of those things that have been most impactful to you? The horror stories, funny moments, so we do this thing called Stone Soup here in the theater education option. Um, and it started a long time ago um, before, you know, Mike Dane, Michael Dane, he won the EDTA Hall of Fame award this past year. Um, he is the one that started our major here at Ball State. And he started this thing called the Stone Soup Players. And every year what it is is the, the junior and senior level course of uh, our one of our methods courses, they adapt children's books into short scripts. And then from there, they pick directors. And then as a whole theater education major, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, seniors, um, we all, you know, have a night of auditions and we get to, you know, audition for these children's stories. And then we, we do like two to three uh, rehearsals and then we go out and we perform them for elementary schools and at the public library. And it's like just a day where like the feds here really get to know each other. Cause it always happens at the very start of the year. And so it's a really good way for all of us to like talk and meet with each other and, you know, just spending, you know, at midnight in the library on campus, you know, rehearsing and, you know, it's so important that you as this horse trot in at this specific moment to save the crowns from, you know, 
uh, go being on strike. And like, it's just one of those moments that, you know, you always love going to the elementary schools because the kids there, they eat it up and, you know, they're screaming when things are scary and they're cheering on for the good characters. They're booing the bad characters. Um, and so most of the feds here, um, if you ask them like about stone soup, they, they'll just, you know, tell you about how fun of a day it is. And sadly we didn't get to do it this year, which is understandable, but we're hoping that next year we get to do it again. Um, and so that's like one of my favorite things and like one of my favorite stories about Ball State. Um, and I honestly, the show I just directed this past fall, cause like it really tested, um, us as directors. Um, it tested our sanity. It tested, you know, <laughs> our, our artistic capabilities um, and just, you know, perseverance alone. Because, um, you know, we had no budget. We had no really like assistance from anyone. Um, it was just us. And we had to, you know, make with what we had. Um, and, you know, there were days where, you know, our kids were overwhelmed because, you know, we fully didn't have some things thought through that we should have been thinking about. But we just, you know, we've never done this before. And so, um but they, they recognized that with us, that we were trying as hard as we could. And, you know, one of those moments we talked about earlier, you know, something that, you know, uh, um, solidified what I'm doing. Uh, towards the end, our share con came up to us and she was like, I just want to say to you all that whenever there has been a problem, it's never happened again the next time. Um, you all really uh -huh. work and... Um, you all really make sure that these problems go away as they come up and um, you work really hard and we really like that. And us three directors, we were like, you know, on the verge of tears because something wasn't working that day. You know, we had this whole plan for a scene that ended up not working at all. And um, just hearing that we were like, oh, they, I'm so happy that they're seeing that we're working hard because I don't want this to be, I don't want them to think this is a waste of their time. And so, you know, that's one of those moments, too, that really sticks out as, you know, a really enjoyable experience is those two things. Um, oh, there's one other thing. Uh, me and, you know, actually one of my co-directors that I did Jungle Book with, we had the opportunity to assist and direct under Michael Dane here. Um, it was one of the last shows before COVID um, at Ball State. We were the closing out show. Um, and we did a show called This Girl Laughs, This Girl Cries, This Girl Does Nothing. Um, and it's a TYA piece. And, um, you know, we went through that journey at the beginning of January, all the way up until our spring break, February 28th. And then we came back for two weeks and then we were gone. Um, and that experience, you know, we had Mike as a directing professor for two years before that. Um, and so we got to work with him and learn from him as about how to be a director. And then, you know, I got to work with him and see it in action. And, you know, we hear stories about the directing majors here that are typically the ones assistant directing on our university shows about how they sometimes, you know, just sit off to the side and take notes for the director. And Mike had me and the other assistant director up in the scenes, take these people to this room, work with them on this. And just like that level of trust that he had with us. And, you know, um, he really appreciated us as directors and appreciated our voice that, you know, during tech week, I was sitting next to him and he was like, what do you think's working right now? What needs to be changed with tech stuff? And I would give him my notes and he would relay them to the um, tech director and the lighting designer and the sound designer. And just, you know, getting that experience of, you know, you know, we have the teaching experience that has been solidified, but getting that directing side that, you know, we also are trained as directors here. 
and hearing, you know, and seeing that, getting that validity from him of like, what you're doing is, is, is not right. Cause there's not a right way to direct, of course, but you know, what we're doing is working. Mm-hmm. And he sees that within us as assistant directors to allow us to direct pieces of the show that, you know, his name's attached to. And so that was one of the best experiences I've had. Well, I think that's so important. And I, and I'm not, um, I'm not throwing shade on any of my colleagues or anyone else, but like, I think there's that, that component that, that, we have in our backgrounds as teachers that we're going to use every moment to teach and even even control freaks like me and when I was still teaching high school I I still gave my kids those chances and I stepped away and took my hands off I'm like you gotta go do it and learn go go do it and you know I I did that last the the two productions I've directed at ISU I you know I had a student assistant director and I I was like pick pick three or four scenes that you want to you want to stage and they're like what 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 do you mean what like really pick them and then go do them yes that's what i want you to do like <laughs> go learn let's do this <laughs> and yeah it, it was so valuable to them just to have the opportunity to, to do that so i think that's i think that's really important yeah and what i really liked about that is you know we took that me and the other assistant director because we worked together again this fall and we wanted to take that with us um to our show so we got to our show and the assistant directors that we had, um, I felt so bad because, you know, they were in there directing one class, which is like the fundamentals when COVID happened mm-hmm. and they lost that directing class and that experience in that directing class um, that just wasn't the same when COVID happened. And, you know, they were in there directing two classes as assistant directors, um, but it had just started when we were starting. And so we wanted to get them that experience too, because that's something that they really needed to have because they're going to be directing this coming year. And so we sat down with them at the beginning we were like, read through the play, pick some stuff that you want. Um, and you think you're interested in, you know, putting up on zoom or even in person and we'll do it. And they were like, what? Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think I can direct anything. And uh, <laughs> by the end, you know, they, you know, every time they were directing their scene, we would meet afterwards with them. And, you know, we would give them our notes about, you know, how things went. But again, it's that we watched that growth of them from directors from the beginning of being like, uh, I don't know if I can really do this, you know, giving really insightful notes to these students that really changed how the production goes. And so that was something that we really took away from working with Mike and that we hope that a lot of the other directors take into, you know, our Thed shows that we're doing. I just love hearing... I love hearing the stories. That's one of my favorite parts of, of the interviews here on the podcast. Cause that was the initial point of me doing this is to, to capture those stories that teachers have from their experiences. And I think it's important and, and I don't, I don't want to get all teachery on you right now, but I think it's important to remember those moments. Cause those are the moments that keep us going when all the other crap is hitting the fan and this kid won't cooperate or this teacher down the hall is, an absolute jerk to work with or your administration doesn't support you. It's those moments that you got to keep in your back pocket to, to remember why you're doing what you're doing. We have this club here that, you know, it started, uh, I want to say like six or seven years ago is when it first started. Um, and it went through its ups and downs, um, for a hot second. It wasn't a thing anymore because, you know, there was really no interest in it. Um, and then, you know, we brought it back. I think it, its first year back was my freshman year here. And 
Um, it started out as just a place for the feds to be able to, you know, just get experience teaching. Um, and so all it was, as we call them, we call them fed talks, actually, that's funny. Um, <laughs> and uh, it would just be, you know, we would have two to three people get up um, and teach their lessons to feds. Um, and, you know, people could learn stuff from their lessons um, that they didn't know. And it was also a good opportunity to provide feedback for each other. And then somewhere along the line, that shifted and it became more about, you know, getting professional development um, from, you know, p other professors here and outside of here. Um, and then COVID happened and everything that that club had planned was, you know, dismantled and we couldn't really go through with anything. Um, and so me, it's, it's so weird. So me and the Jungle Book directors were now on the cabinet for running Fed Club and we have our exec board underneath us and we kind of revamped the whole thing. Um, and we're kind of, we kind of scratched everything that has ever come before and we rewrote the constitution for the club. And this semester we've kind of set it up as um, professional development um, with, you know, bringing in those outside people. But the thing that was happening before was it was just like, we're gonna talk with this person. And then once we're done talking with them, it's out the door. Um, we're going to move on to the next person. We never really worked with what we were being, you know, uh, workshopped on or mm -hmm. being, you know, lectured with. And so this whole semester, we every Saturday, I'm pretty sure this semester, we have theater teachers, technical directors, um, educational outreach people through professional co uh, theaters coming in and talking with us to do all these professional developments. And um, this past weekend, we got to talk with Tracy Gate at Truman High School. Um, where Lou Volpe worked, um, uh, which is based off the TV show Rise, if yeah. you remember that show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we read the book here um, that was that show is based on. It's called Drama High. Mm -hmm. um, and we read that in our first ever freshman class of theater education. And, you know, you learn about this program and you learn about, you know, Tracy, who was in this book, was Lou's student and then went on to be the assistant director. And then she took over the program once he retired. And... You know, I reached out to her one time because we're friends on Facebook through um, one of those theater Facebook pages. I found her and I friended her. And, you know, I was like, hey, um, this may sound weird, but we read about you in my class and it would be really cool if you could come talk to us. And, you know, this past weekend, we got to talk with her. And it's like, you know, it's, it's not a bookend because, you know, it's not my time here is not done. But like just, you know, full circle moments that are being able to happen. And, you know, we have alumni because um, we have an alumni Facebook page, I posted on there and I put the recording of it on there of our talk with her. And, you know, we have people reaching out that graduated, you know, seven and eight years ago. They were like, oh, my goodness, that's so cool. You got to talk with someone from that school. And like they all wanted to hear what Tracy had to say. And so it's, it's cool that our Fed Club has now transitioned from, you know, just being this thing that, you know, was networking us just together as a major. But now we're networking out and we're pulling people in and we have you know alum who are now teaching out coming in um and you know connecting with past alum and seeing how what we're doing now they kind of learned and like how we're still doing the same things and you know pulling their interest in as well to come back and you know help us become better theater educators um and it's just cool to see that moment happening with our club now well but that's a great that's a really valuable lesson though that you learned in that of of you just shared the, the, you know, that it's not just about what we're doing right here, but it's the wider network. Um, because we, 
most of the time we're the only person in our building like us and it's very isolating and 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 to to have that network and to to know how to network is so valuable well jake my final two questions are the ones that i ask everyone um the first is what is a resource that you have used or are using currently that is a must-have for theater teachers dramatist play services you know the licensing company that you know we all get scripts from um, my favorite thing that I look forward to all the time is their book club. Um, I don't know if you've heard of their book club uh-huh. yeah. or not, but um, it's a quarterly program. You pay $35 each quarter and they send you seven plays and it's all different types of plays. And usually the box is themed uh-huh. um, based off what's happening in the world or based off what's happening that month. Um, and, you know, you get older, you know, more canonized pieces in there and, you know, canonized playwrights. And then you also get new works. Um and that's just something that I look forward to all the time because, you know, I have a, you know, a huge library of scripts in my closet right now. Um, and it's just always cool. I look so forward to seeing that because you get all different types of pieces of theater and you're constantly just building up your library to bring to your classroom um, when I become a teacher. I, I, I appreciate you bringing it up because I, my husband, was it a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, um, he he got me that for a birthday gift. Um, and, and so I, every three months I get this new box and they're really beautifully packaged too. Like, like they're really cool to open. Um, but it's like, like Christmas morning. It is, it is like, and like, like uh, the themes like last summer when, with the, the, the racial reckoning going on, like it, the plays that came to support that. And then like just the last one I got it, I mean, I'm not sure what plays you got in your box, but like it, they were all mostly were all, you know, like virtual plays that were written for, for, yeah. for online theater so it's I, I appreciate bringing it up i've never mentioned it on the show so that's a it's a really good one i mean i brought it up just a minute ago where i met tracy you know those mm-hmm. online facebook pages you know i hear a lot of the teachers that have been on here before talk about those but it's a it's really a really good way to network and you know we live in this world of zoom now to where we can you know we're having this conversation right now and you know you can bring people in to learn now and teach your kids you know we were talking with tracy last week and she brought a, a fetal geneticist into her class through zoom to teach about the things that they were reading in the play that they were reading in her class. And so, you know, there's always someone out there that you can bring in um, through zoom. So I think just utilizing what we've learned throughout this age of COVID to really just enhance our learning experiences and, you know, getting on there and being like, does anyone have any knowledge of this that can come speak to my class? Well, you know, there's thousands of us out there and someone knows about it and someone knows someone because, you know, someone always knows someone connected to theater and, uh, you know, really using that as your networking. Like we said, it's just your biggest asset to have. And, and I think it's important to say that people want to talk about their work like people do like that. That's how I found the you know, that's how I've contacted the Tony winners who have had on the show. Um, you know, I just find them on Facebook and I send them a message. Hey, I know you don't know me, but I'd love to talk about what you love doing yeah let's do it and or uh in september 2019 i directed a show called the electric baby and there was so much back and forth of confusion of what was going on in the script i had my interpretation as the director and where i wanted to go with it but like designers and producers all had different things that they were sharing with the community and i was like you know what i'm just gonna find the playwright and talk with her and i did and i came back to our next next production meeting they were like you talk to the playwright i'm like yeah, I just found her online. I said, can we talk? And she called me up and we did. So yeah, people want to talk about their work and, and, and this new, not new, but like, I think 
I think what you said is very accurate that COVID has forced us to, to, to find some new ways of doing things and they're not all bad. And what about your words of wisdom for, for teachers that, that new teacher entering the field, um, pre entering the field like you or that veteran teacher just needs an encouraging word right now. My biggest, you know, I see all these posts on those Facebook theater pages from, you know, all these teachers out there right now and talking to my old theater director. And like, I think, the veteran theater teachers need to know that like what they're doing right now is enough and um what they're doing is very impactful especially in these moments because you know you know it's like i told you before with our middle schoolers sometimes theater is the only thing kids have and um just simply being able to come online to a theater class or go you know socially distance in person to a theater class what you're doing is working and is enough for these students even if you feel like it's maybe not working personally for you just simply being there and showing and showing up for those kids like it means a lot more than you know we than we're thinking right now and just you know stepping back and realizing that what we're doing is enough in this moment is i think is what a lot of the teachers need to know right now and that i fully salute all of them because i you all are troopers Um, I don't know how you could have done it, but you did it. And I think you should congratulate yourself for doing it because, you know, we have, none of us have ever had to go through this in a long, like we've never had to do this before. And, you know, we, you all revolutionized how we see theater now and how we go about teaching theater. And I think, you know, we don't, you all don't give yourself enough credit for that. And I think taking that step back and realizing what we're doing is enough. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, Jake Noble, thank you so much for talking with me today. I wish you all the best in the rest of your theater ed journey. And I, I know you're going to do amazing things. And I, 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 I say it quite frequently and I don't, it doesn't lose any meaning anytime I say it, but your, your kids are really lucky. Your future kids will be very, are very lucky um, to, to have someone who cares so much and um, is, is ready to dig in and do the work with them. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me on here. And curtain. That's a wrap for this week's episode of Fed Talks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, please find Fed Talks on your favorite podcast provider and subscribe to the show so it automatically shows up in your podcast app each week. Rate us by leaving some stars, review us by saying what you love about the show, and most importantly, share the podcast with those theater educators in your life. Find us on all your favorite social media. We're on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, Fed Talks on Facebook, and Fed Talks Podcast on Instagram. Visit our website at www.fedtalks.com for all our past episodes and resource lists from the guests you've met on the show. And email me directly by emailing fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. I love to hear your feedback, recommendations for guests on the show, or if you just want to be a guest yourself. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schuster, for the use of your original music that we hear on the show. And thank you for listening and for all you do for your students. I'm Jimmy Chrisman. Join me next week for another great interview. Have a great week.